Welcome to University Challenge. And I'm really excited for this episode because it's the first ever episode that has two guests at once. And um, yeah, it's a first. And I'm really excited to welcome Lorraine Byrne and Liz Haywood. Um, thank you for being game for this. <laughs> You're welcome. You haven't heard what we've got to say yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Um, right, let's start with some introductions. So, Lorraine, could you, for the listeners today and the listeners to come, um, say who you are and what your job is today? Okay, uh, my name's Lorraine Fern. I am currently a, a RAN architect, which, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, basically it's radio access network architect. So I work on mobile phone networks and um, at the moment I'm designing new products, shall we say, probably the easiest way to describe it. Oh, 6G? Uh, not quite that far, still on 5G at the moment. So uh, okay. there's still some products out there to develop that um, uh, can use 5G efficiently rather than what's actually being used at the moment. Wow, okay. Um, so we need you. I mean, without, without you and your skills, um, slight problem, because you can't get hold of anyone. Well, I suppose you could always use tin can and a bit of string, but, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and how about you, Liz? So, um, I'm Liz Hayward, and I'm a Chartered Legal Executive at a law firm, um, and I defend... Um, personal injury claims, mainly catastrophic injury cases. So I act for the um, a lot of the big insurance companies and it can involve um, road traffic accidents, accidents at work, a lot of farming accidents um, and things like that. So that's what I do. Okay. And and if it was, is catastrophic life-changing? Is that yeah. what that would Yeah, be? that's right. Yeah. So um, we've, uh, I, I've got a lot of brain injured cases, um, amputations, spinal cord injuries, things like that. So, um, and, and often um, it's a case of, you know, liability might not be in dispute, um, but it's just a case of how much the insurance company is going to pay and how we're going to assess those damages and, um, what those losses are, what cares okay. need in the future and things like that. Great, thank you. Um, so you, you guys are friends. I mean, I haven't just made you go and sit in a house together. <laughs> yes, we are, I think. <laughs> yes, we are, yeah. I think the wine, the wine on, uh, yeah, on a wine Wednesday house. night, yeah. <laughs> wine on a Wednesday, Wine's Day, yeah. Uh, how long have you been friends for? Uh, Three or four years? No, yeah, we yeah. met. We met. Um, our children are both, uh, or were. I don't know yeah. what yours are now, but um, uh, cricketers. Oh. Uh, so we met. We met at the cricket club, and we quite liked the fact that our children were playing cricket because um, cricket night was a Friday night. So, and there's a bar, very nice bar at the cricket club. So, um. making it sound like this is the basis of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it lubricates a friendship doesn't it, it greases the wheels yeah <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I know family that the cricket on it might even be the same place um but there was people would go for the bar and the children always yeah. for the children yeah, yeah um yeah. so 
Secondary school experiences. Mm-hmm. Lorraine, what are your memories of secondary school? Um, so I went to obviously a comprehensive mm-hmm. uh, that was extremely strict. Um, it was very old fashioned in its values in the fact that I wanted to do engineering. I wanted to do engineering subjects, but because I was in the top set, I wasn't allowed. Uh, Okay. Exactly, exactly. So I had to do English and French and English literature and all of those sort of things that I I just didn't have any interest in. Um, So, you know, I sort of, you know, it wasn't a bad experience, but it didn't encourage me to study more. You know, it was just sort of get through it. And whereabouts in the country did you study? Uh, I was in Warwick. So I'm from Warwick originally. Okay. And what exams did you sit? So I did have got one O level and then I've got nine GCSEs because I did the maths a year early and I was on the crossover year. Ah. So yes. wherever I've gone in my life, I've always gone, you've got no maths. And it's like, no, I have. It's an O ah. level. Ah. So I did math, did that, and then I did statistics GCSE the following year as well. Right. Uh, okay. So you left with a, a good armful. Yeah. An armful. I did. Yeah. 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 Okay. And was there sixth form where you went to school or did you have to? There was, but I left at 16. I left as soon as I could. Okay. <laughs> like your <laughs> pants were on fire. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll come back to that in a sec then. Um, <laughs> so how about you, Liz? What, where, where did you go to secondary school? Um, what are your memories of it? I went to a secondary school, which was also comprehensive in Southampton. And um, my school wasn't a strict school at all. Um, I always, uh, I, was, I was in the top sets um, and, but never really sort of, thought of myself as particularly bright for mm. some reason it wasn't a school I, my school days I look back um they weren't horrible but I look back and I think when I compare the school that my children attend for example it wasn't really a school that was pushing people to 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 um maximize their potential I would say um, yeah. I think we we kind of had to be very um, self-disciplined in doing our studies, and um, I I always knew I don't know why, but I always just fancied being a lawyer, so I I knew that's what I wanted to do. But I don't think if I hadn't have had that in my brain, I don't think I would have ever been encouraged to go down that route. Um, How did you know you wanted to be a lawyer? I don't know, it's probably, it's probably because I watched a lot of TV programmes with lawyers on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do also remember having it in my head that I didn't want to do the sort of jobs that my parents were doing. Um, and that's not, not, in, not that they had horrible jobs or anything like that, but I just wanted to do something um, that was more professional and... I think I thought it was going to be a bit glamorous as well. So, um, but I, I just, I, I, I don't know why it was. It's, I can't really put my foot on my um, finger on it, but um, yeah, I, I, it's just something that interested me, I think. 
Mm. And uh, again, sixth form, was there one at school or did you have to leave? There wasn't, there wasn't a sixth form at the school. Um, there wasn't any sixth forms in, that, in, in Hampshire County at all. But uh, I went to a sixth form that was not very far away. Um, and I always knew that I wanted to do A-levels. Um, but it, I always had in my mind, I'll do A-levels, but I don't know if I'll go, go on to university. And I, I did actually find, I did some research into other ways that I could qualify as a lawyer. Um, I think, in, I, I don't know why, I don't know if it was the school um, or the fact that my parents hadn't been to university, but it was just never really something that I thought that I, I could do. Um, so I, I, I did some research and looked at other ways of qualifying. And um, what did you, at school, were you O-levels, GCSEs? No, I, did, I, did, I think I was about the second year of GCSEs, which tells you a bit about my age, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah, so I did GCSEs and, and I, got, I got relatively good grades for GCSEs. Yeah. So, um, so your parents didn't go to uni. Um, what kind of um, what jobs did they do when you were at school? Um, so my dad was a sheet metal worker. Yeah. Um, and my mother was um, before she had children, she worked as a hairdresser and then gave that up when she had us and, and did lots of part time jobs. Eventually yeah. went into to catering. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah okay and how about you Lorraine did your parents go to uni no no uh my mum left school at uh, I think it was 14 her birthday September so she wow she just didn't go back after the summer holidays um yeah. she was a secretary to begin with um obviously like Mrs mum she gave it up when she had children yeah. um she did a few odd jobs she was an Avon lady she was a lollipop lady yeah uh, you know, she did a few bits and pieces. She, I always remember there being Tupperware parties yeah. and uh, Pippa D, which was clothing. Oh my God, Pippa D. Pippa D. Yes, I had some clothing. And I remember, yeah, my mum buying me some of the clothes with the profits, and I was mortified because <laughs> they're a pair of kind of nylon trousers with an elasticated waist. When I really, I wanted drainpipe jeans. Yeah, didn't we all? Yes. <laughs> Wow. My dad was an electrician. Okay. And um, so tell me about, because it's, it's interesting. I, I wanted different from what my parents had. And similarly, my mum did all the mum jobs. She was a born mm-hmm. lady. I've got a Tupperware sewing box. It's brown. <laughs> um, but, but she did all, all, you know, parts like working around the children mm-hmm. and never made a meaningful income. And my dad did manual work and never made very much money so they were always working but never had anything really Mm. um what did you go off to do Lorraine when you ran out of school (laughs) (laughs) well originally I wanted to do uh I I thought I could be a photographer because it's sort of you know the engineering had been kind of kicked out of me that I was never going to be an engineer as a a woman so um I went off to do photography um but I wasn't very good at it you know, I could do I could do all the technical stuff, get the yeah. lighting right. I just couldn't take a decent photo. Right. So um, I ended up sort of working in the dark room and processing everything. And, and God, it was boring. It was boring yeah. and it was depressing, especially in the winter. 
Yeah. You know, you used to go into work in the dark, work in the dark all day and go home in the dark. And it was just awful. Um, was this a commercial photography or like Boots the Chemist? They were professional photographers. So they, they did sort yeah. of a lot of uh, sort of the whole displays and things like that. Um, okay. You know, and it was, it was, it was a time in my life I enjoyed it, but I, I kind of, it wasn't what I hoped it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, the next job and how I really got into engineering was I, I saw a job advertised that just said lots of outdoor work. And I thought, that'll do. <laughs> um, and I went, <laughs> I went into land surveying. So, yeah. Ah, because, I mean, that could be anything. Lots of outdoor yeah. work. You could be like, well, I didn't been, know what it was. operative. <laughs> Yeah, it did say land surveying, but I had no idea what a land surveyor was. It was yeah. just the lots of outdoor work that appeared. <laughs> right. Well, it was a little small company. They didn't really ask me any questions. They just said, do you want the job then? Oh, yeah, okay. Wow. So is that when you have your tripod with a thing That's on it? it? That's the one. Yeah. Drawing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. very large scale maps. Right. You know, so, yeah, that's what I did. Um, and f- for either of you, was there ever any, so given you both top stream students, you both knew what you wanted to do, even if you couldn't possibly do it because you're a woman. Um, uh, was there ever any discussion or expectation that you, you or offer for you to go to uni? No. no. So I, I did go to uni for a few months. Yeah. Uh, but when I was at, <laughs> when I was at, um, and, and nobody was more surprised than me that I was actually there. But yeah. I, did, I, I, I did feel a little bit um, like I shouldn't be there, I think. And yeah. um, what also hampered it was the fact that um, in sixth form, I met a boy who was a bit older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, who wasn't particularly keen on me being at university and meeting all these um, new people so uh there was a bit of a conflict there and um I'd like I'll just hasten to say I'm not with the boy anymore <laughs> but uh yeah so um I think I chose the wrong course as well and um it wasn't a law course so it wasn't really what I wanted to do and I think a lot of the course that I chose was influenced by the fact that it was a university near to me and I um I wasn't going to be too far away from the boyfriend so um so I did go for a few months um but whilst I was there I was sort of looking out for opportunities in law firms and just to get my foot in the door Um, yeah probably I think I went for about the first term and a half something like that wow um and what did you go to study out of interest then it was um, from memory. It was well, there was history in it. Um, there was psychology. There it, it was. It was a social sciences degree. Um, yeah. So it, I, I was interested in history. So I was interested in the course itself, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I think I at that time wanted to get out in the workplace as well and get any. Yeah. And. Um for you Lorraine so you started out as a land surveyor mm-hmm. with this small firm mm-hmm. um what happened from there so they they sent me to college to do an ONC one day a week yeah um which that was for two years 
and then um I decided I wanted to do the HNC yeah which um they said I could do but I was there was only those two of us decided to do it and the other guy dropped out halfway through so I was doing it on my own which was fine <laughs> you know it was it didn't bother and then I left and moved to Reading uh to a, co- a bigger company so then I worked for the National Rivers Authority oh, still, okay still as a land surveyor and uh that's what sort of brought me down to, to Berkshire and Newbury yeah ah okay um so you surveyed was it all land can you survey a river or are you surveying riverbanks well you you climb in and out the river basically <laughs> so uh you know you put your chest waders on or you're in your boat and you're measuring the channel depth and how much mud is in there so that they can work out how much water goes through or you know, are there any blockages so you survey the bridges over it and all this sort of thing so they can work out the water quantities and prevent flooding and does it need dredging and all this sort of stuff did you enjoy it um I loved the job itself the politics of the place not so much I was the only female land surveyor and there was a healthy dose of misogyny in there and it didn't seem to matter how hard I worked or how well I did a job all the boys got promoted ahead of me right um so it's not sour grapes but it's just it's a fact it's it's what happened um and then uh sounds bit convoluted but my boyfriend moved down and uh moved in with me and he got a job at Vodafone uh-huh. uh, graduate. so he got a job on the graduate scheme right and he seemed to have a much easier life than me for a lot more money right so I literally set out when I'm going to get myself a job there and that's yeah. what I did God. no chest waders though so no no I did try wearing them into the office but it was frowned upon um okay and when you made that transition from land surveying when you went into Vodafone Mm -hmm. so what was that transition how did it it seems different yeah so it was it was very different obviously it was office based for a start which um but um I got a pay rise to retrain because at the time, nobody was qualified in telecoms because right. it was a new technology. So they yeah. were just after people with maths engineering backgrounds. That was it. That was the criteria. So I managed to just slot in at the right time, you know, just jumped in. Right. Do you ever feel tempted to sort of go back to your old school and, I don't know, <laughs> hit them with the chest waders and then... <laughs> yeah I don't think so no I mean none of the teachers that were at my school would be there now anyway they'd all probably be dead they're quite old then (laughs) yeah it's funny you think your teachers are really old and then uh, there is a point where you go oh my god they were the same age as me um yeah yeah yeah. yeah. um but you did I guess like you say there, there weren't people who were skilled in telecoms at the time so for yeah. you to go from National, I must say National Rivers Association, because NRA is also National Rifle Association. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I definitely didn't work for them. No, no. <laughs> um, okay, so that, yeah, so you you kind of uh, modelling that transferable skills there, isn't it? Yeah. Maths, statistics, engineering, and you've got yeah. applied yeah. working in a um, surveying capacity. Yeah. 
Um, so, Liz, you right? Where did we leave you? You'd left university. Dropped out of university. Dropped out. Dropped out of university. Therefore, still meeting the criteria of the podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then what happened? So what happened? So um, I think initially I I I worked for a surveyor as well, but as a receptionist, um, and that was that was just a way to get some money. But then I. I, I got a job also as a receptionist in a law firm um, and then I think I was there about six or seven months and got promoted to a legal secretary and then um, the woman that I was working for knew that I was really interested in in taking my career a bit further and she she sort of encouraged me to go on what's called the Filex scheme which is the Fellow of Institute of Legal Executives um and uh and so I yeah so I did that and studied for um my exams whilst whilst at work um and that was a a local firm so local high street firm did lots of criminal cases and um it was really I really loved that job actually because um there was a um, I, I I was really involved in a lot of the criminal cases I mean we we dealt with couple of murders and quite sort of cutting edge cases and and I was really quite integral in um progressing the cases and getting them to trial and um it was it was a really really interesting job and I I really enjoyed it it was um it was great experience and even though I you know I was really green and I look back now and think oh that you know that was scary but um it was it was it was great experience because when you're in a high street firm, you just get chucked in at the deep end, really. Um, so uh, you know, I look back and think, oh God, did I really do do those things? I I wouldn't wouldn't dare do those things now. But um, yeah, I think I was just a bit fearless, really. So wow. And um, when you were like studying, um, what were your peers? like who were going through that process as well is fi- was is Filex only for people who are non-graduates or not I think at that time it 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 was mainly non-graduates it was, it was people there was a lot of people that had done A-levels um, but there, there were some that had literally started as secretary with very few qualifications um, and then decided that they had an interest in in law, so they wanted to um, pursue a, a career in law. So they've done it that way. And a lot of them were from high street firms where their employers had encouraged them to, to do it and seen seen a bit of talent. So encouraged them to do that. But I think more recently, I think it is it is an avenue that is being used by law graduates as well um, because it's it's quite hard to get training contracts now. Okay, and does the route that you took, do legal secretaries still exist? I don't know. I I don't know if there's a formal qualification for legal secretaries, but um, yeah, they're well. We call them PAs, really. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah, I mean, there are there are a a lot of um, support staff that are quite quite competent and could 
could run cases quite quite competently. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, I'm not sure what... there is an actual formal qualification for a legal secretary or legal or PA or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, and it's and it's not. It's interesting in that because if I think about law or from what I've seen from law firms that I've spoken to or I've watched what they're doing on social mobility on LinkedIn nobody talks about high street firms or local firms or working your way up it's only ever graduate schemes and something we spoke a tiny bit about just before we started this this episode was um, apprenticeship schemes so I mean yeah yeah, I'm not. I don't think apprenticeship schemes existed then. Um, I mean, in it, it, the Filex route was quite popular at that time with high street firms. I don't know about you know bigger firms. I mean, I, I work for a, a leading law firm now, um, and a lot of the paralegals that we have have come in from having law degrees. But now we're going through the Filex route because um, they haven't got training contracts. Um, but having said that, we also do have paralegals that have come in that have maybe got A levels or they've got GCSEs and have come in um, as support staff. And it's been recognised that they've got a bit of a talent, so they they are being encouraged. It is it is quite it's quite popular now it's mm. it's not unusual to be working with paralegals that are going down the filex route or okay. going through and um today now you're just having a little sippage there Lorraine I'm going to ask you a question um <laughs> thinking about what you do today mm-hmm. um so how far into your telecoms career are you actually out of out of interest I think I've got to the stage where I am planning retirement yeah (laughs) you know I I enjoy what I do don't get me wrong I do enjoy it it's challenging and everything but I am ready to just do what I want to do instead of being tied to a a routine but um you know I'm not a manager I've never wanted to be a manager it's never Mm. been I've always enjoyed the technical aspect of it and I think I have probably now with this last job, which I've actually only been in since November. Oh, wow. Um, so I think that is possibly as high as I can go uh, without being a manager. So. Um, and you've been sort of in telecoms as a sector for. Uh, I started in 97, which is going to okay. age me. Um, <clears throat> I did have a, a five or six year break when the kids were born and I did personal training in that time um, and then when the youngest went back to school I went back right okay and has there ever been a, a time or a point where people have asked you about your education or expected that you went to uni has that come up it, it does come up when you apply for a new job because nearly every job wants you to have a degree at the level that I'm at. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I can't compare it with anybody else because I've not sort of seen how other people get on. Mm. Um, but I certainly think 
the job that I'm in, I think if I didn't have the degree, I'm not sure they would have even interviewed me, yeah, which is in- sad. Yeah, yeah. It's and and have you um taken other professional qualifications along the way? Um, well, I was a qualified level three personal trainer, um, yeah. which I started when I was on maternity leave with with my second, which was yeah. a challenge. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why don't I just do this while <laughs> I've got my hands full? Um, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, I like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think um, it's it's interesting that what you say about the whole degree thing because actually. Um, lots of organizations I think I think you're not allowed to advertise a job as you must have a degree unless it is no, it's absolutely similar necessary well. yeah it's or similar like experience yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and how about the, the kind of sphere you operate in Liz is have you had a where did you go to uni where did you get your degree from I think it, it it's Quite, it's, it's often assumed by the people that I work with that mm. I've I've got a degree and I did the traditional traditional route. And if it wasn't for my title on the bottom of my emails, then yeah. um, then it would it, it would be assumed. Um, yeah. But I I have noticed um, more and more that when jobs are advertised, they say we're looking for a qualified solicitor or legal executive okay um, so it is much more of a recognized qualification now yeah um, okay I mean I, I can only say for my um my area of law it may be different in something like commercial law or something like that it may it may not be quite as accepted to not have a degree and not have gone down the traditional route so mm-hmm. I can't comment on that but in my particular area I think in pri- in in um, private client and personal yeah. services then it is more accepted mm-hmm. okay. personally I think it makes you a better lawyer because you've <laughs> done it from the from the grassroots up but you know <laughs> others <laughs> would argue <laughs> to the contrary <laughs> Well, and then you could just go up against each other and debate exactly. it out. Exactly. <laughs> and and how have your experiences informed? So, uh, Lorraine, our kids are the same age, same yeah. ages. Liz, yeah. what about yours? They're yeah, similar? mine are mine yeah. are similar age. Yeah. yeah. So, how have your experiences influenced what your how you? guide your children or what you would hope for them because your elder ones are going through that whole GCSEs thing right now um well Emily announced a couple of weeks ago that she didn't want to go to uni and I was like okay that's fine you know I don't mind. I'm going to do an apprenticeship okay that's absolutely fine you know I'm rubbing my hands together thinking that's going to be cheaper and uh, she said she wanted to be a tattoo artist and I kind of went um <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that but tattoos are fashionable now yeah who's to say they are going to be in you know 10 15 years time Hmm. and uh yeah and particularly as she's quite squeamish as well I was was a little confused (laughs) (laughs) uh, maybe you should send her on some work experience well I I did sort of say well I think you know 
maybe you could do something in illustration and then if you still wanted to do you know that sort of thing then, then that's fine but I actually because she said she didn't want to go to uni and she yeah. wanted to do an apprenticeship I started yeah. looking at apprenticeships in yeah. Berkshire yeah. it's shocking really it's, yeah the only apprenticeships are for either admin or uh healthcare workers there weren't even any manual trades there was nothing it was really wow. shocking wow and that was the good that was the official government website so wow. the government website hadn't listed places like so i know vodafone does an apprenticeship scheme yeah. i know microsoft does an apprenticeship scheme yeah. i know virgin media do an apprenticeship scheme yeah. none of the top organizations were listed on there it was just admin and healthcare workers isn't that interesting because I know certainly what I found is it's become ultra competitive <laughs> so at our school they were saying yes people have got apprenticeships at Clifford Chance and yeah you know, and yeah. Vodafone and Rolls-Royce and all of these different places that's that's intriguing though that they might get some access or visibility if the school chooses to share that but there isn't if you're a parent trying to no. find it it's not there that's that's really interesting yeah um or, or annoying or both uh, yeah. How, yeah um how about with with yours Liz um have you had that do you want yeah, to go so, do you want to go so my eldest um is doing our GCSEs at the moment as well and she wants to be a sports psychologist yeah. um so um she does want to go to university um but I find it really interesting that because my my partner went to university um and he talks about how he, he I don't think his no his parents didn't go to university but um his dad did a I think he did a degree um after he left school but he always talked, my partner always talks to me about how the expectation was always there that they would go, they would all go to university as brothers and sisters. And I think that my daughter's quite similar to that. She, she just, she's just assumed that she's going to university and um, I, I don't know whether that's the school that she goes to. They're, they're very ambitious in terms of getting their children their pupils to go to university um it's probably it's possibly partly our influence as well because I'm very much you could do anything you want doesn't necessarily have to be university but if you want it to be going to university then then you can do that so I think she's she's quite focused in what she wants to do so she, and she knows that she'll need a degree for that um, so hmm. yeah, my my eldest wants to be an actress and doesn't want to go to university. So she's the complete other end of it. Yeah. Either so, way, you're gonna to have to save up a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, what do you think has put stood you in good stead throughout? Because um, as you say, you've both done non-traditional routes and you've both worked in industries where, well, certainly from an engineering perspective, you know, <laughs> at, the, at the point where you were entering um engineering Lorraine it was like uh no yeah. no women can't do that so what's put you in good stead throughout your career sheer bloody mindedness <laughs> just not accepting no I think is, is, is I mean it's it's really different now they're actively recruiting women into engineering it's so yeah. different 
Um, But yeah, it took a long time to get there and and you have to fight every step of the way, or at least I did. Um, But like I said, I like a challenge. And to me, it was just seeing it as a challenge, right? Where you say, I can't do it, I'll show you I can. Yeah. Um, you just you just made me think as well when people go why are there no women in engineering it's like because for decades you told them that they couldn't yeah. <laughs> but also it's still the same now at schools it's not that the schools aren't encouraging them but um some of the boys certainly my kids you know some of the boys at the school uh i don't know if they picked it up from their fathers or whatever but they still have these kind of 1970s 60s attitudes of women shouldn't be in computer science or they shouldn't be doing this or they shouldn't be doing that and it doesn't come from the teachers this is this is peer pressure and you know my girls don't want to do engineering which I was absolutely gutted about (laughs) (laughs) um because you know they don't feel that there is a space for them and if you go to other countries so Spain Romania Italy and you know they, they push women in engineering there are virtually equal amounts of women in engineering in those other countries. So there's something in the UK that doesn't encourage women into that sphere. Yeah, and it's funny you should say about the um, old-fashioned attitudes. There's definitely something, you know, and we hear we hear things from our, you know, we've got a, a boy and a girl, but we hear things pop up. We're like, who is saying that mm. rubbish? Because and I know there's like memes but like oh it's just funny it's just banter and we're like no this is like 1970s attitudes not yeah. funny yes yeah. no it's um, not. no so it definitely hasn't gone away I think you're right no it hasn't without a doubt and whilst companies are you know trying to improve it you've still got to fight those those attitudes mm. and you know like anything else the, the subconscious kind of attitudes that people don't even realize they're doing yeah and how about you, Liz? Um, what's kind of worked well for you over the years? Well, I think, I think the same as Lorraine. Um, she, <laughs> and that is why you're friends. It's quite exactly, possibly, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, um, I'm, I'm not very good at going without. So <laughs> I just wanted a, a really good job so that I could have the things that I wanted to have um, yeah. and not have to struggle. And... Um, and that's why, I mean, uh, I carried on working um, when I had my children as well. Um, and I did work part time, but I, I wanted to do that because the thought of going out of the profession and then coming back in five years later at a salary significantly less than I'd been on previously, that just horrified me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, and I'm glad I did that. And, uh, you know like every woman will probably tell, say the same it's difficult at the time but um I personally think it's worth it and I'm glad I did it as well because I think it was, it's been I've got two girls so I think it was a good example to them as well yeah yeah um, I agree but, I think and, it and is also yeah. the fact that I, I I love I love the job I, I I've always found it interesting and there's always there's there's always a different case and um, and, and I'm always I'm always learning yeah and and who um, I guess maybe as a as a final question well I suppose if somebody wanted to enter into your sectors but they didn't know quite how to go about it what would your recommendation be 
Um, in telecoms, I think I think all of the telecoms companies um, offer apprenticeships. Um, but even if you wanted to go into civil engineering or something like that, a lot of the big companies will offer apprenticeship schemes where you can do that. You can get paid and then you go to university a couple of days a week. Um, yeah, a friend yeah. of mine's daughter is doing just that. You know, she she works for uh, a civil engineering company and uh, she goes to work three days a week and she goes to uni two days a week. Yeah. So, you know, th there are options out there. And I think. It is competitive, like you said. I think there are a lot of kids that are going down that route. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want it, you will get it. And there's places like AWE as well. They offer amazing apprenticeship schemes there. Yeah. You, know, yeah. uh, you, you just have to look for it, I think. Not on the government website. <laughs> Not on the government website. No, it's probably best to go through the schools. I think the schools have a better idea of the apprenticeships than the government. Yeah. Yeah, and, and how about for you, Liz, if you were, you know, I mean, might not be able to be a legal secretary anymore. I don't know. What would you, what would you recommend? <laughs> I, I would say um, just contact all, as many law firms as you can and, and look for paralegal jobs because um, they, they are, there are lots of paralegal jobs out there. I mean, my firm are always advertising for them. and. Um, I would apply for them, see if you see if see if you it, it interests you. There's lots of obviously different areas of law, so um, you might want to think about what you what interests you and what area of law you want to go into, and then try and get paralegal job through them. And then um, lots of, there there'll be lot there'll be lots of lawyers that have either gone the traditional route or have gone through the the Silex route or legal legal apprenticeship route, and you'll be able to find out about it by talking to the people that you're working with. Um, awesome. And I guess anyone that wanted to do that would know what a paralegal is, but I don't. So can you explain it to me? Well, it's it's actually quite. It it, it will depend on the law firm. Um, it's, uh, there are lots of different terms within law firms that are bandied about and they mean different things to different firms but in my firm um, a paralegal is usually somebody who just isn't legally qualified yet um, oh, okay so they could it might be someone that has come from school with some GCSEs and is, is working in the law firm and, and they assist the they assist the senior lawyers. Um, so I mean we've recently taken um, some graduates um, mm -hmm. as paralegals and they've not done um, their the 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 LPC that you have to do after you finish your law degree um, because they've not been able to get a, a training contract in order to do that. Um, and they, they're completely green. Yes, they've got a law degree, but they, they've never worked on a case. So um, they, they, we give them tasks to begin with. We say, oh, you, know, we, you need to review these records or you need to, can you prepare this statement? Um, and then gradually they get more involved in the cases. Um, and some of them go on and do the Filex course or they do a legal apprenticeship course. Um, they don't have to be graduates. Um, they just have to show that they've got a, a bit of intelligence, really. And <laughs> yeah. So, 
you know, it's, it's very, very wide. Some law firms, I think you do have to have a law degree, but not not all of them and certainly not my firm. Brilliant. Oh, it was great. Thank you so much for that. And thanks for being like the first, like, double act. There yeah, you are. We were trying to decide earlier whether we were going to be Morecambe Wise or uh, the two Ronnies. We couldn't quite decide. So uh, we just penned ourselves instead. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> they don't call us the, the was it those, those two cooks, the two fat ladies. Oh, <laughs> 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 French and Saunders. Classic yeah, exactly. double act. Funny. Yeah. 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 Um, and maybe as a fi- as a final, final, final recommendation, if if you had to choose a bottle of wine to share together, what would it be? If you were if you were gonna if you could have your pick of the carve or the cellar, whatever it's called. Champagne, I guess. Oh, but, oh, oh wow. Champagne, yeah. Champagne. champagne. Well, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna do social mobility, you've got to do it properly. Yeah, you have. Chocolate block. That's that's quite nice. Chocolate block. Right. Well, well, both. You can have both. You can have one each. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, thank you.